Demons Discuss TV Show Review Season 3, Episode 6 Welcome to Demons Discuss, the unofficial podcast about the All Souls universe and the topics that orbit it. We are your hosts, Angela, Jean, and Valerie. I'm Valerie, and with me is Angela and Jean. Hello. 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 What are we talking about today, Jean? We are talking about episode six of season three of A Discovery of Witches. There's a lot of action going on. People are scattering to the four winds. Matthew is running to Kelm to face off with Benjamin. Diana is, of course, not going to be a stay-at-home wife and is deciding She's going back to Oxford to get the damn book. <laughs> Gets a damn book. <laughs> and everybody's in an uproar. As they should be, I think. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, And of course, Jabir is shit stirring the stylish way that he does. Yeah. So it's an action packed episode. So everybody built in. It's going to be a fast and furious ride. What did you guys think of this episode? It's good. I mean, it's action packed. Things are definitely happening. And and but it, did you guys watch it thinking, oh, we only have one more episode after this? No, I, I really didn't. It is the penultimate, right? And y- yeah. you think you're, oh, God, you know, they're just getting shit out of the way to get to the final, get to the finish. But no, I was really involved in everything that happened in this episode. Mm-hmm. I almost thought it was going a little bit too fast. Yeah. That's why there's going to be a lot of clips, audience. A lot of clips in this episode. Yeah, I was almost like, wait a minute. If we're going to get that far, what are we going to do for the final episode? <laughs> I know. Well, anyway, we'll get to that soon enough. But First of all, we need to do a Matthew drum roll for a random patron sponsor today. And that is Wendy McNeil. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you, Wendy. Wendy. Thank you, Wendy. Golf clap. Thank you, Wendy. (laughs) (laughs) And now our disclaimer. Hey, I didn't forget. We're doing it. In this episode, we are going to concentrate just on the TV show, just on this episode. We're not going to talk about the book. We're not going to talk about comparisons. We're not going to talk about future, well, future episode, the future episode. (laughs) We are just talking about episode six and what is presented to us on screen. Angela, do your spiel because that's good. I'd like that. Okay. When we get to the spoiler zone, Jean will kiss you off. <laughs> we'll enter the spoiler zone. <laughs> and you like, I paused. Um, when, when we enter the spoiler zone, we will talk about the story as a whole. We'll talk about all the books in the series. That could even be Times Convert, but we will not talk about, still, we will not talk about episode seven. Even though we'll be dying too, we will stop ourselves. <laughs> yes, we will stop ourselves and you'll have to tune in next week right. for our thoughts on episode seven. We may slip here and there just because we're, we, once we get to talking, we wind up in our normal mode, but we will stop each other. And like I said, attempt. Attempt is a key word. So I think we've been doing pretty good this season. Only a couple slip offs that I've noticed in editing, <laughs> but I kept them there. So if you don't know, you don't know. And if you know, you know. But But, you know, shh, quiet. Don't tell the others that don't know. So there we go. Anyway, let's talk about Patreon. This podcast is sponsored by listeners just like you guys. And Wendy McNeil. And Wendy McNeil. (laughs) Yes. And (laughs) what Patreon's about is kind of like serving a tip to artists that you appreciate. And we are claiming to be these artists. And if you appreciate us, you will help us pay for the costs, the ugly costs of what it's like to make the sausage, you know, like Angela says, web hosting, media hosting, cloud storage, apps, a lot of apps, apps for social media, apps for editing the podcast. Yeah, all that stuff adds up. So we don't make money from this. What we do is we take what is given from our listeners and reinvest it right back into the podcast. It pays for prizes, postage, anything new that we need for the website. It just keeps us going. So we don't feel like we're constantly doling out cash from our own pockets, which it was like that for the first two years. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) One of the best things Patreon's enabled us to do is make most all of our giveaways international because now we can afford to mail the prizes (laughs) No, what was that one? Where did she live? It was like up in a mountain. Yeah, oh Spain. Was it, was she in the mountains of Portugal. Spain or something? Portugal, Portugal. <laughs> oh my goodness! I was like, okay, I split it up between the three of us. Each of us have to pay like thirty-five bucks. <laughs> 
Yeah, so our giveaways are international thanks to Patreon. And we're planning to have a lot of giveaways during our off time. So that's coming up and we're able to open them all, all open to all just because of this. So, Angela, why would somebody want to become a patron? Well, at the $2 level, they can get our after show. We're on an after show mm. hiatus right now with the TV show review, but very shortly we'll have all after shows coming up. And then yeah. people can even go back and listen to our, <laughs> I don't know if I recommend it, but <laughs> our older <laughs> after show episodes. Yeah, there's 70 of them. Yeah, and they run the gamut. Sometimes they're all souls, sometimes they're just life updates, sometimes they're reflecting on current events. You never know what you're going to get, but we always try to keep it real and entertaining. Oh, shall we give away the thing that we were talking about as far as our after shows coming up up until we go public yeah, again good with idea. our public good shows? Time. Go ahead. So what we're going to do, actually, we're going to go after show only after this TV show ends and we're done with our coverage of it up until we're ready to pick up the Book of Life. I think we estimated, what, around July mm-hmm. or so? So in the in-between time, we will be concentrating on the after show and our patrons will keep them in tune with what's going on in All Souls, what's going on with us as far as All Souls is concerned, and what's going on with our future project that we're working on. That's not All Souls related, but it it is us related because we're just going to be doing the same thing with another TV show. We're not covering the books. It's however many episodes. So we'll keep you in tune with that. We'll keep you in tune with what's going on in the Twitterverse or Instagram or Facebook because we still have eyes and ears out there. We're still watching. And if you guys are interested, you know, hey, join us. We're going to do every two weeks a new after show and it'll be fun. And, you know, only our patrons will have access to it. So we think that'll be a cool thing in the meantime. And on our public page, I think we're just doing giveaways. So there you go. (laughs) Something for everybody. It'll be giveaway central. Something for everybody. (laughs) So if you guys are interested, go to patreon.com slant demons discuss. And that ends that. And now we are going to cover, like I said, the penultimate episode of A Discovery of Witches. So are we ready to start the wagon? Okay, there goes the wagon. And we are with our opening scene. And Matthew is off on the hunt for Benjamin. Uh, He's having little flashbacks in his head while he's driving that Range Rover. Diana and Matthew hug goodbye. He's off. He crosses the border into Poland, I believe. And right away, we're into the theme music. I mean, they didn't waste their time. There's no conversation. Theme music. And then back at the tour, Diana is laying out her plans to Marcus. And Marcus is like, dude, I'm in charge and I'm not taking chances. So maybe the book can wait, okay? Because I'm not going to hear from Matthew when you fuck up or something (laughs) happens to you. (laughs) That's what I saw in my head he was thinking. So that's that. And and Diana just like throws it down. She's like, "Uh, yeah, Matthew and I agreed. It's not up for discussion. And the way she just slammed her hands on the table. Like, it was kind of annoying, to be honest. It's like, Was it annoying to you? <laughs> I was, thought it was I, like, oh, look at her. That's cute. She's taking charge. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I kind of felt bad for Marcus because Marcus had a point. Mm-hmm. Marcus was taking a stand and he's like doing it. He's doing his job, which, you know, I mean, yeah. was actually what Matthew accused him of not doing earlier. And then mm-hmm. then Diana comes in and is like, yeah, well, Marcus, Matthew and I decided this. It's like, but did you really? <laughs> We're doing this. No, this you happening. decided you're going to do this and you don't care what anyone else yeah. thinks, Diana. That's why it was yeah. annoying to me because it's like, yeah. really? Well, mm-hmm. apparently the head of the Knights of Lazarus does not trump Lady de Claremont or the head of the new scion. Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. So Marcus tells the entire household that Matthew has gone off to find Benjamin. And there was like, oh, oh, what? Jack is like, he's gone alone. And Diana's like, OK, we each have a role to play. Mine is to go to Oxford. Sarah and Fernando will go with Diana. So it's said, so it's done. And uh, everyone else will watch my children. Thank you. At first I was like, <laughs> babysitting. And then, and then I'm like, then I'm like, oh, I get it. Yeah, really? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it takes a household and you're all in charge of them. So, you know, there you go. Okay, now we're in a new scene. And Diana is making Sarah a fake ID magically. And where was she when I was a fucking younger person? I could have right? used that. I'm like, where was she when I was 17? I know. <laughs> anyway, we're going to listen to that here. Clear a path and allow her entry. Mm. 
Congratulations, you're now the library's newest reader. Now I should probably make you swear not to bring in fire and flame to the bod. You know I can't make any promises. We'll attract a lot of attention. Are you ready for this? Let them come. I was going to comment that it was so nice that they actually gave Sarah an opportunity in this little scene to impart some wisdom yes. and have a moment. Yes. Yeah. I like that Sarah has jobs now. That's good. Keep that going. Yes. Sarah deserves respect and Sarah deserves jobs. She needs to be more than like sitting on the couch, rolling her eyes at the audacity of it all. Yeah. Okay, now we're in Venice, and Gerbert is working with the other two demons besides Agatha on the congregation. And they've reached a quote-unquote understanding. And Baldwin and Domenico are there, and Gerbert is making his big moves here. I oh, mean, God. what did you guys I, think of this whole thing with the demons oh. meeting with Gerbert and... Oh. The noodle demons? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I was shaking my fist at those yes, two dudes. exactly. I was like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> Just so glad that Julian didn't have to sit through that. <laughs> I mean, they vote with Agatha anyway, but if they had something to say, they couldn't say it to Agatha? Yeah. The fuck? Yeah. Well, they oh don't get to God. say anything to anyone because they don't get any <laughs> We don't even know what was said. <laughs> rude. Rude. So rude. Okay. Uh, sorry, it's, I have to just vent because it's not even like a plot twist. It's like a plot blip because they're still only demons. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm right. <laughs> and Gervais, I mean, Trevor is like chewing up scenery left and right. In the scene. Yes. <laughs> he's on a roll. And he's like having a cordial meeting with these demons and then, you know, Domenico's like, uh, you didn't gone, have time. Demons. You've never had time for demons before. And he's sure is like, uh, I got to do what I got to do. Yeah. Do, you know, yeah. and Baldwin is just sitting there like a limp noodle, too. Like, oh, my God. He was even his posture was weak. He's like, oh, let's stand up straight, for God's sake, dude. I know. <laughs> I know. And Domenico uh, was just like, OK, I've had it with all this shit. What the fuck? But you notice Domenico's posture was kind of he was very circumspect, but he was standing straight up and just kind of observing. Yeah, something was clicking in his head and yeah. and something about him, the actor, he's just like, okay. He gave the impression of, okay, I see where this is going. Uh, yeah. 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 So. I think Greg does a really good job on a lot of unspoken mm-hmm. communication. But, you know, Gerbert making big moves. He's, yeah. he's found his opportunity and he's just like, mm-hmm. It's me now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was more kind of the what I would have expected from Baldwin yes. yeah. as far as like posture and presentation. But instead, we kind of just get the beaten down little boy who's like, OK, I know. It's, I like, know. it's shocking to me. It was a little weird to me. But there was no master strategist no. there. I'm hoping he has a comeback. OK, <laughs> I, I, no. let's pray for the comeback. <laughs> I can't help but think our interview with Trevor Eve. Of course, he kept his cards close to his vest, but like even more, I realize how close they really are now because all he would really say is like oh the vampires bring it but now I'm thinking he had a huge instrumental part in this season he's got a lot of action and he's involved in the plot and he's really a, a main yeah. part great yeah. scenes in these later episodes that are just like oh my god yes yes and I mean and I'm kind of poked fun at previous seasons where all he would say is, what are they planning? <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If he had a mustache, he'd be twirling. Right, right. Yeah. And now they really made him front and center, which I absolutely love. I love oh, it. Yeah. Yes. And, and I like what they're doing with Domenico this season, too. Yeah. I mean, when he too. says the vampires are really bringing it because there's a lot of evolution going on with Domenico in this season. And he doesn't need a lot of lines to communicate. Right. It. No, you can see it with his facial. He really moves things along. Yeah, he does. All right. New scene. We're at set tour. And Marcus asked Fernando to do something for him as the head of the Knights of Lazarus. Yeah. So in another room, and Diana is collecting three pages and Sarah walks in to inform her that the car is ready and Fernando is to meet them in Oxford. And Diana looks totally perplexed and she's like, huh, that wasn't part of the plan. <laughs> I wonder what's happening. And we're like, yeah. Well, yeah, we wonder what's happening too. Okay. Yep. See, yeah, all of your table pounding and plan making didn't necessarily sink right. in. Right. Okay. People are doing what they want to fucking do anyway, right? Okay. So much for that. Phoebe's in another room sitting by herself and Marcus walks in and let's listen here. 
Phoebe, we need to talk about what happens next. If Diana can't find the book, and if Matthew can't stop Benjamin, then things could go very wrong very quickly, and we'll need to be ready to leave. I understand. I'll go to New Orleans, and I'll take the twins with me. And I'll follow. Marcus, I'm, I'm coming with you. There are places I can go where they won't think to look, and I'm going to need to hide there until it's safe to be a Declaremont again. But Why are you saying all of this? Because this might not just be for weeks. This could be decades. This could be centuries. I don't know. And where does this leave me being sighed? This. We, we decided. If you don't make the change, you still have the choice. You can go back to your life. You are my life, Marcus. You say that. No. No, I mean it. I just have to be sure that you know what's coming. What did you think of the convo with Marcus? I mean, they're essentially discussing her becoming a vampire here. And I loved I it. Too. I mean, it was a beautiful scene. And the, it was so much about consent and so yeah. much about making sure she knew what she was walking into. And you have a choice. You can walk away and I won't hold it against you because this is bad. This is really bad. Yeah, this could take centuries, and I don't yes. want you to just be all mad at me for centuries. <laughs> yeah, although I, I, I and this is like the Bud Light can again. Yeah, but the house aromatherapy with the reeds <laughs> sitting on the table. Like, yeah, it be irritating to a vampire after I all? know some of those are pretty darn strong. Strong. <laughs> I mean, remember when Pier One Imports was still oh, there yeah. in that whole section? You oh. walk in, you're like, oh god, too much. They had one or two that were really good too and in fact i swear that one on the table i'm like is that pier one yeah. <laughs> the bottle sure as hell looks like pier one i know <sighs> okay so new scene again and there's a lot of scene hopping there mm-hmm. um in brighton england galgloss is getting his fading tattoos refreshed and we know that because of the conversation he has with the tattoo artist Fernando walks in and Fernando tells Galaglass to suck it up and protect Diana once again. And Galaglass is like, oh man, can't you let me brood in peace? Jeez. (laughs) You were the one who told me to walk away. Now you're going to make me walk back. (laughs) I know. And I I, got to say, can I say something? I was kind of confused by the whole tattoo thing. Did anyone else catch what she said about him being burned? No. No. I mean, he made a joke about not being out in the sun enough, but she, I don't know if it was like talking about how the tattoo was going on or what. And I did notice it's yeah. like there's an awful lot of red and I was like I kind of didn't understand the whole point of that but that was me yeah, yeah I, I remember yes and I know what you're talking about I didn't understand it either yeah. and I wasn't sorry folks in the makeup room but I wasn't super impressed by the tattoo yeah and I I don't know it just looks all kind of mushy Bl- blotchy yeah. yeah janky well between her comment Blotching with the sun I'm like is that what she's talking about or you know because it was just kind of blotchy yeah. yeah or did he just like decide to shave his chest the night before and it got all <laughs> what's that <laughs> test called that personality test or not personality test but Rohrbach the Meyer no 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 the blotch yeah that blotch yeah. that's what kind of reminded me of like what am I yes. supposed to be seeing? Oh. The Rorschach inchbox. Yes. Inch, inch yeah. Yeah. So we can assume that this is what Marcus asked Fernando to do. Mm-hmm. You know, basically go fetch Galglass so he can protect Diana with her fucking mm-hmm. mad ass plans to go get the book. And it's like, if I can't stop her, I can at least protect okay, her. Okay. I, so. I know that it was, yes. the Galglass tattoo scene was very popular amongst a lot of people. So it's just whatever to me. But mm-hmm. could it be done a different way? Could it have been done a, done a different way? I just felt like, I don't know. I almost felt like Fernando walked in on him, like on a super intimate scene, like as if he were changing his clothes or if he were, I don't know. Yeah. It just seemed awkward to me. Mm. Like I felt uncomfortable. <laughs> it felt gratuitous well, to me. But I get, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I get it too. I get it. Dude's in good shape. I was like, uh, okay, I see what you did yeah. there. <laughs> I was like, all right. All right. At Oxford, change scenes, guys. At Oxford, Galglass is waiting for them. Can I say I was like totally distracted by the fact that where they filmed that because I just kind of ended up in my head. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and Angela, you know exactly why I ended up in my head on that because it's like, oh. oh. 
Yeah. I remember another gathering of people there. (laughs) Yeah. So they had a brief hug and it was uh, made clear that he put her in the auntie zone. So there's no question here. Yes. Yes. Yes, It's good to see you, auntie. You've been put in the auntie zone. I almost did feel like it was intentional, not for us because we met there, but just because maybe the writers, directors knew what a special spot that is to fans, the Bridges size. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Mm -hmm. I think so. I think like Jane said, she's out. They've always been very conscious of the fans. And I think that may have been a hat tip to fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Since we didn't get Matthew Good sitting on the roof of it. <laughs> no. <laughs> Them rendezvousing in the lane. New scene. Matthew has reached a destination of sorts at the oh, edge oh, of... Oh, oh, oh. oh, go ahead. Yeah, I thought we were... Oh, I'm sorry. I skipped a scene here. I was going to say, aren't we in the library yet? Nope. Okay. Not yet. I'm sorry. Never mind. All right. It's okay. I'll sorry. start again. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Matthew has reached a destination at the edge of some woods and he's standing at the edge of the woods and then he just disappears. Okay. So that was a quick scene okay. and I can understand well, at first, why we yeah, talked. And he was, he, the way he was walking so slowly and like trying to pick up, like kind of clunking through. And then, then he finally got to the vampire speed and then I was satisfied. I'm like, yeah. uh, I was like okay. It was like he was missing a gear there. Yes. A while. <laughs> yeah. He's finding it. Okay. There it is. Yeah. I got to go. <laughs> so, okay. Now I'm back in Oxford. Sarah and Diana are headed to the Bodleian mm-hmm. in broad daylight, by the way. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, to do mm-hmm. a major book heist, by the way. Yeah. No big deal. Okay. It was so unheisty. I know. <laughs> if that's Fern- a word. Fernando and Gal Glass are keeping watch. And uh, let's listen here. I'll insert a clip. Mm-hmm. How does it feel to be back? It feels right. Ashmole 782, please. Thank you. Thank you. I'll let you know when it's arrived. Is that simple? Well, let's hope so. And while we were listening, Fernando and Galglass were listening too. The book was talking to her like they couldn't find Ashmole 782, right? And then all of a sudden the book starts talking to her and she's like, check the lift. And the librarian's like, I just did, dumbass. (laughs) I love the librarian. I think her name, they named her Helen. I checked the, the credits. Her name's Helen. Okay. Well, Helen was killing it here. She's like, I just did that. All right. And then <laughs> Diana's like, check it again. I hear it. It's talking to me. She didn't say that. But <laughs> it was just talking to her. Uh, it's there. Uh, miracle of all miracles. It's there. Yep. Yeah. And the, the look on the librarian's face was kind of like, mm. what the fuck just happened here? Right. Okay. <laughs> she had that skeptic. It's like, come on, be more skeptical. Say something. Say something. It's like, bitch. You have somebody working on the inside. What the fuck is Did going on? Did you think on? it was going to be yeah. there the first time? No. No. Did you? I was hoping it was. I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, maybe because I, I, maybe I'm just so want this to happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Just make it easy yes, for us. Come right. on. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they take the book and they go sit down with it. And Diana's about to open it. And then Sarah's like, Put up your masking spell. Do that real quick. You know, yeah. just as we saw in the British Library, she puts up her masking spell and Diana reattaches the pages one by one. And the energy in the room has gone crazy. Mm-hmm. Flickering lights. If you remember from season one, mm-hmm. the same thing. The vampires feel the energy. Diana is absorbing the words of this book mm-hmm. and reading them as they go. And Sarah's like, oh, OK, yeah, let's beat feet because she's noticing the big disturbance. Yeah. And Okay, so on the outside, Sarah's looking all guilty. I mean, she just looks like a guilty person. <laughs> she, looked, she looked like a, a, a first-time heister. And she was coming out, <laughs> clutching the book and like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And then she's got that, fun. that stupid knitting bag with her. And I'm like, oh my God, what is going on? And Gal goes, is like, you got the book. And she's like, masking spell. It's okay. Let's go. Let's go. And I'm like, yeah. oh my God, Sarah's going to get him busted. Mm-hmm. I swear to God. Oh man, she is like the least discreet person in that whole bunch. And then, and Fernando's just like, we gotta get out of here, people. Come on, come yeah. on, come on. But the, the thing that struck me about that scene is why didn't it occur to anyone to do something about trying to dampen the energy? You would think a weaver would have thought of a, a spell yeah. to do that. To, yeah. 
to Something. contain the energy so they could have gotten away with it like a magical surge protector or something i yeah. mean instead, yeah. of, instead of like sending up a fucking flare i guess I, okay. I guess i mean i don't know i feel like maybe this episode i look at it differently than you guys because you're saying sarah's gonna get them busted and, and i'm thinking why did they write it like that you know if they have control over how the scene is written they could have done it more discreetly mm-hmm. i don't yeah. i don't understand especially if you're planning a heist yeah yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah it's well, like, i have no idea planning in the early part of the episode, it seemed to like go out the window. She's like, oh, masking spell. You need the man. Don't forget the masking spell. It was not well executed. No. As they walk out, Gal Glass checks on Diana and it's like she's out of it. She's drunk on otherworldly knowledge. She's just like, ah, oh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and Gal Glass watches the symbols pass over her skin and is like, uh, Fernando. <laughs> and Fernando's <laughs> like, no, no, move, move. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, how did I wind up with these fucking incompetent? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking Fernando is saying. all these centuries and these two idiots are going to get caught. <laughs> and they're about to load into the car and take off. And then Sarah unmasks the book and discovers that it's completely empty. And she realizes that Diana has absorbed the contents. And that's why she's acting all weird. And she's the book, basically. Yeah. Oh, don't forget Mr. Cell Phone Dude. Oh, right. The guy's skulking around. Skulking around. Yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) He kind of looked like Renfield from a bad road show of Dracula. He looked like he was a skulker. He would stand out like how Sarah looked like she was just guilty. This guy looked like he wasn't credited as skulker in the credits. (laughs) Well, they downplayed the demon so much. I'm like, was that one of the demon guys? Or, you know, and then. Yeah. Was that a demon guy? Or who was this minion? Please explain more more thoroughly this minion. Where did they come from? Yeah, because we never saw him before. If it could be somebody that that we recognized before or something. Yeah. I don't know. He was just kind of there. And Our, I didn't even know who spy he was. He right. could have been anybody's spy. Yeah. I would have yeah. kind of liked it if they would have like turned Sean into like a zombie minion. <laughs> <laughs> kind of fun. <laughs> No, Something you can only get the demons. You can't get to anyone else. <laughs> right. All right. Now, new scene in Poland. Uh, Matthew has found an entrance to an old hospital or asylum. I think it was a hospital. It's like uh, dank and dark and he's going from room to room. And finally, he enters one room with his chair. And in that scene, it was done. It was quite a mood setter. That's for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, it, it was like, oh, this is creepy. Okay, so new scene. Domenico is with Gerber. And let's just put a clip in because there's a lot here. Domenico, come join the celebrations. Not sure what there is to celebrate. What you set in motion this afternoon. Glorious, isn't it? If you enjoy the prospect of internecine war. What I will enjoy is bringing an end to the Declermonts and their cloying sense of superiority. Philippe has been dead for decades, and yet his disease-riddled family still wears him like a shield against their hypocrisy. Baldwin has capitulated. The family's authority is compromised. So forgive my jubilant mood. But it has taken centuries to position my pieces on the board. Centuries. Ever since I met Benjamin Fuchs, Philippe thought Matthew'd killed him when he'd actually weaponized him. Imagine the sheer poetry of Benjamin being the last thing Philippe saw before he lost his mind. Never let it be said I didn't capitalize on opportunities as they presented themselves. You've played your part well, Domenico. I couldn't have done it without you. Yeah, Trevor was wheels off. Wow. Uh, yeah, he's just like, ooh, I got the power. That <laughs> <laughs> oh, was a good evil laugh. I, I was like waiting that. for a ca- I was <laughs> waiting for the true evil laugh from him. I mean, yeah. Angela, maybe we can get him back on here to do an evil laugh. I know. He us. didn't get an iconic yeah. line in this season, so the evil laugh would suffice. I know. Yes. All I took from Domenico is like, this motherfucker here. He's fucking. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and I, extra points for actually using the phrase internecine war. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Oh, yes. Oh that's, that was always one of our favorite ones when we were shooting back and forth letters to other council when things got pissy. A little heady. <laughs> a little yeah, heated. A little, little heated. Yeah. One mm-hmm. of my one of my favorite lawyer letters that I've kept in my files for all of these years actually has that phrase in it. Oh, yeah. Those were the days in Las Vegas. I feel like Domenico just walked out of that meeting like... Yeah. Mm. What? Yeah. The yeah fuck my, was shit, the my fuck? eyes are open now. Yeah. yeah. It's like, like how, okay. And he thinks I'm like on board with this. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. This is this is some fucked up shit. And yeah. Nope. I mean that, that Bob. Sh- oh yeah. I've been scheming with him for centuries. It's like, it's like oh, to medical's like oh you. I want no parts of this shit. Fuck. Yeah. I mean, Domenico's always been self-preservation and he, he is still, but he at least is seeing the bigger picture. Very intelligent. Yeah. yeah. It, it, well, and the other thing is, too, is I think he's also intelligent enough to know that, yeah, maybe Matthew has blood rage, but he's seen Benjamin with blood rage. He's like blood rage plus, you know, sociopath, which yeah. Yeah, is never a good combination. Yeah. I mean, Matthew at least reads poetry when he's sad. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew at least gets sad. I don't think Benjamin's no, right. I don't, think he's, I don't think he's capable. He just gets more driven. Jeez. Yeah. All right. Back in Poland. Matthew is waiting for Benjamin. And whilst staring at uh, the Cartier tank watch, which was, you know, Philippe's, mm-hmm. what did you think of this? Father, you're here. Leonard turned out to be an excellent messenger. I mean, more in the spoiler zone, but what did you think of that? I thought he said Lena. Yeah, Lena. Oh, Lena? Yeah. Yes. The woman. Oh, okay. The woman. Yes. Her name yes. was Lena. I heard mm-hmm. Leonard. Okay. All right. Yeah. Let me scratch that off my spoiler zone talk. Okay. Get rid of that. <laughs> Took, that was taken care of quickly. Yeah. All right. So Matthew's response was, you didn't concoct this pathetic charade. Charade. Do you like how I said that? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Very civilized. Very civilized. Yes. Yes. <laughs> to get me here. This has to do with your addiction to cruelty and obscenity. And I was like, Ooh. anyway, there's yeah. more to this. So I'm just going to put a clip in just to save us talking because we could be here mm-hmm. all day. That you would choose this place, Paul Philippe. You know, they could hear his screams in every room of this hospital. Some of my best work. If it's any consolation, I was well rewarded with the information I got from him. (laughs) Even though it was worthless. You got nothing of value from Philippe. He saw to that. All this time, you've been living a lie. A narrative that you've invented for yourself, Benjamin. And what might that be? The wrong son! Abandoned. Damaged. Paying back his father's sins in pain. I see what you did here. I see what you did to those women. I am exactly what you made me. It's too late to regret that now. My only regret, my son, is that I didn't end you. No. You didn't have the courage to kill me outright. Instead, you destroyed me. One day... One drop of blood at a time. Made me to a vampire and abandoned me in a city crowded with warm bloods. Do you remember what it feels like? That new hunger for blood. How it cuts you in two. How strong the blood rage is when you're first changed. So, oh, yeah. yeah. This scene was like one of it goes on his Emmy list yeah. or Emmy reel. Both of them were outstanding. Yes. Well, after an epic battle and Benjamin got the business in this one, I'm sorry. Matthew just fucking bam. bam yeah. And another yep. thing. Bam. I was like, Benjamin, did you not learn how to fight while you're gone? <laughs> yeah. All that marauding and you didn't learn how to fight against another vampire. Really? But here's the twist in it all. Satu is there. And she's there to help Benjamin, apparently. That little meeting was convincing because she's there and she takes Matthew down with some magic. 
After Matthew's down, Satchu's schooling Benjamin here like, you know, we got to kill Matthew. Either way, Diana's going to show up. She's just interested in getting Diana. Yes. There. Everybody has their yeah. own self-interest. And Benjamin's like, uh, no, I want to torture him some more. And Satu's like, kill him. If you can't do it, I'll do it. And I'm like, yeah. oh, <laughs> damn. <laughs> anyway, we'll put a clip in here, too. We agreed. I get Matthew. And you get Diana. I have no interest in my father's witch. She's all yours. Like I said, audience, there's going to be a lot of clips. <laughs> yeah, she was also not real happy with some of his other shit. No. No. Uh-uh. No. Uh-uh. Oh, no. So You've much You've been no. fucking with some witches. And you, we know Satu's all about protecting witches. I, so. I kind of wanted her yeah. to bully him a little bit at that point. I know. <laughs> yeah. Just push yeah. him around. <laughs> rough him up a yeah. little. <laughs> we didn't have time, Angela. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> What do you think of this Benjamin Satu business? I mean, the fact that they decided to make an alliance between these two. They still have their separate interests involved, but yet she shows up to work together with him. So I, I just, I didn't like it. I just thought Satu, man, who hurt you? Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, damn. We all know who hurt Benjamin, but who the fuck hurt Satu? makes me think yeah she's she's like all the worst parts of scorpios <laughs> yeah, yeah well, especially as we said in previous episodes you know she's wants everyone to see that it's her that the prophecy is about yeah. you know it's right. like so you gotta go kill somebody i mean maybe she's yeah. feeling insecure but yeah right there. exactly and she just mm, okay well the psychology of satu maybe we'll discuss it right episode. Yes. god all right, so new scene. Sarah, Diana, Fernando, and Galglass drive to the airport tarmac. And here's this scene. Like, what the fuck? So coming out of the helicopter is Peter. So do you think that spy was Peter's or Gerber's? Peter's. Peter's. I think it had to have been Peter's. They were both because. so disheveled. He, I, I think that Gerber would have a, a better put together spy, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't be so slovenly. Yeah. So they're at an airport tarmac and coming out of a helicopters, Peter. I'm thinking, yeah, it's Peter because it's right after they left Oxford. He might yep. have just called Peter and said, hey, I saw where they're yeah. heading. And they're on their Yeah, He said they're on their way, I think. Yeah. So, so it's like, mm. Sarah's like, he found us. And Galaglass is like, I'll take care of him. I'll pay the rent. He's that guy. And, <laughs> and Sarah's like, nope, this is witch business. And so, yeah. I love this part so much. No. This is witch business. I know you have the book of life. Every witch in Oxford knows that. Give it to me. Don't think I won't take it. Oh, Diana, what have you done? You conceited little fool! It has no place with you! But it has a place with a murderer? It wasn't murder. It wasn't even self-defense. It was pest control. Emily died because she simply got in the way. Like all your family. Always an inconvenience. Never a threat. Not even Stephen and Rebecca. At least they had some higher magic. They weren't just kitchen witches. <laughs> Give me the fucking box! Come the wind. <laughs> Capture the dark. Are you really gonna let her Capture embarrass herself like this? You don't have the power! Cut 
forever. And uh, after all of that, Sarah gets to take out the trash, takes the trash out. And Peter gets a lesson on what spell work can actually do. Yeah. Don't fuck with a kitchen. (laughs) Yeah. So, wow. In previous seasons, when Emily was calling up Rebecca and Valerie Pettiford said that she actually choreographed the scene for herself doing the witchy motions and the invocation and all that. And she used uh-huh. to remember she used to pat her chest. And I noticed yeah. that Sarah did that. I'm thinking that's maybe it's a nod to Valerie and her choreography because yeah. it was the same yeah. little miniature spell work. Yes. She pats her chest and then her hands start flickering and the wind and everything just starts showing up. Yeah. It was very, very much like M and I liked that. Me too. Yeah. And it was powerful. You could see it. Mm-hmm. And Diana wasn't even helping. I just think yeah. she just put her hand on just to give her support, yes. but she mm-hmm. she didn't even help. Sarah did that on her own. And yeah, um, that was the end of Peter Knox. All that was left was a damn ball. His damn petrosphere <laughs> on the ground <laughs> without its master. And it was a perfect shot. I was just yes. like, now somebody go squish it or get destroy it or get yes, rid of it. I agree. Yeah. I've seen those objects shown up too much in my paranormal shows. <laughs> yes. I don't Smash need to see it, please. One. I know. You, you could just see like a spinoff. Somebody just picking up this yes. thing saying, hmm, what's yeah. this? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Back at the tour. The crew is back home. They're greeted by the collective. And yeah, they have the book of life, but it's complicated because Diana's glowing words and symbols. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, shit. What the? Okay. (laughs) Diana shows her arm and uh, she's like, yeah, I don't understand it yet, but I'll get to it anyway. Mm -hmm. And one last thing is Miriam's belt. Oh. Her belt is beautiful. <laughs> okay. Oh, it's beautiful. We like this belt then. Yes, I'll put a we like this belt. I like the belt. The jeans, I didn't like the overstitching, but that's a, that's a me thing. Okay. <laughs> These are important details, guys. Pay attention. I'm going to have a screenshot of the belt in yes. the show notes. Yes. Okay. In Venice, I'm going to invite you to listen to Domenico and Baldwin's convo right here. Very important. Mm, yeah. My father designed this chamber so that no one species could dominate. Perhaps Chabert is right. Reform is long overdue. You and I have never been close. I know you don't trust me. I've given you little reason to do so. For decades I've sat in that chamber and done for the most part what I believe to be right. I genuinely believed creatures were well served by us. And even by you, our inflexible, arrogant head. However, that will not be the same under Joubert's leadership. And once he's re-engineered the congregation, there'll be no one to stop him. There's nothing I can do about that, Domenico. My position, the standing of the de Claremonts, has been fatally undermined. And who do you think is to blame for that? Matthew. Because that's what Joubert wants you to believe. What does that mean? Benjamin's reemergence. The blood rage killing, they're all he's doing. He's been in league with Benjamin for centuries. Oh, come on, we both know he's no stranger to hubris. He has no idea what he has unleashed. I'm not sure he cares. It's up to you what you do with that information. But I've played my part. What do you want in return? (laughs) To my horror, absolutely nothing. Oh, I know. I barely recognize myself. What did you guys think of Domenico's info to Baldwin? I mean, he wants absolutely nothing in return. That's how important this is. Yeah, I thought that, that, I thought that was it. Like, yes, I know. I even shuck myself. <laughs> I yeah. Loved I, I loved it. I did feel though, like 
Baldwin had, uh, he, he almost seemed like he didn't get it. Like he needed Domenico yeah. to explain it to him. It's like, Gerbert has been plotting. Why do you think you've been weakened? Because Gerbert wants you to think that, you know, right. he's been plotting yeah. this for centuries with Benjamin. And it was the whole thing is like, Baldwin just seemed like, oh, you mean Gerbert is bad news? Huh. <laughs> wow. Wow. Like it was a newsflash. Like, I thought he was on the up and up. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> what is this crazy talk that Gerbert is bad news? Uh, I thought, yeah, I thought the same as you. I thought Baldwin was like, okay, you've Incre- been around for centuries. How did you not right. know? I just, I, yeah. I just feel like that as a technician. The, yeah. And I feel like the explanation, like when I'm learning about science, please tell me like I'm a child. That's why I felt like Baldwin was saying inside his head, please explain it to me like I'm a child. Yeah. Which seems incongruous with the scene. Yes. Right. And Baldwin's like, how did I miss this? And I'm thinking to myself, the character Baldwin, uh, let's assume he didn't know this about Gerbert and he was just going along to get along. But how do you sit in the Claremont seat and not know what people around you are capable of? Mm-hmm. Do you yeah, know? Right. And, and how are you your father's right hand and not know that your father never trusted Gerbert? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe this is, it's not even spoilerish, but maybe we can elaborate more in the spoiler zone by comparing Book Baldwin to this Baldwin we're seeing on the screen. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think so. Well, and the, the whole thing about the last bit about, you know, Gerbert's hubris about how he thinks he's Benjamin's his tool. Yeah. And yeah, that's not going to happen. It's like Domenico lays bare right there all of his centuries of observation and trading in information. Yeah. He is the one, it's like he's the strategist who can see the big picture. He's put all his pieces together and he knows what's going to happen. And the thing is, he gets little bits and pieces of the picture from everywhere. So Mm -hmm. maybe that's what gives Domenico the advantage here where he's just like, okay, this person is doing this. This person's motivation is this. And maybe that's how he's able to put together the big picture. And Baldwin just seemed clueless to me and it didn't seem right Right, to me. Exactly. Yeah. But, yeah. Then, but on the other hand, it seemed like a huge um, arc or growth for Domenico because here all along we're thinking, oh, he's just wheeling and dealing. He's just in it for himself that he just wants Venice back. Yeah. He's so smarmy. He's such a like a used car salesman. But he's he, yeah. all of a sudden he has the epiphany or whatever. He's got the growth and maturity that he can see the yeah. big picture now. And Jerry Bear flat out told him, he's like, you dumb fuck. I've been working with Benjamin since he was practically made. Yeah. And he and, and they had seen with the three of them. He is the one who, of course, realizes right away that, holy shit, this is like way bad news. And Baldwin was kind of like, oh. Right. That's not weird. Yeah. 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 Why? Yeah. And and what seals the deal was when Domenico says, I don't want anything in return. Yeah. Bravo, Domenico. Yeah. Yay. For some reason that just convinced Baldwin, like, oh shit, he doesn't want anything in return. Oh. Yeah. You know, maybe he does have a heart. (laughs) Maybe I should think about this some more. I mean, I know they did Baldwin a little dirty mm-hmm. here because I I thought yeah. he was a better tactician than that and yeah it's whoever put this arc together kind of forgot that whole huge chunk of his personality yeah oh well I I would have done it different we can talk to yes. in the spoilers on about it yeah. yeah all right so at set tour Diana is frantically transcribing what's inside her from the book of life to paper at a frenzied pace I mean she looked like she was a robot just like hang on she looked just like a me. demon yeah, yeah honey, just uh, right yeah. Shit down. Take a look at this. Here, Miriam, you can't miss this. You know, and I was like, okay. Finally, Chris says to her, dude, (laughs) take a break. Calm down. (laughs) You need to chill out. She's like, oh, oh, okay. Sorry. (laughs) You know, so I thought that was interesting. Chris and Miriam are looking at the stuff Diana is giving them, and they're like, Eureka! Yeah. The answer's finally. Yeah, there it is. There it is. We've been, you know, racking our brains, but here it was all along. Okay, here we go. (laughs) It's like when you're in in, in a game, in in an app game, and they're like, if you spend some coins, we'll give you a clue. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. All you got to do is watch these ads (laughs) or watch these ads. (laughs) So they watched all the ads. Yes. Here it is. (laughs) And then uh, Diana goes to check on Sarah. And, you know, Sarah's just sitting there. So I'm going to put a clip of that in here. Mm -hmm. Thought I'd be glad Knox is dead. It's what I wanted. It's what he deserved. I know. I also know. I never want that kind of power again. 
What you did today, it wasn't just for him. It was for all of us. Uh, what'd you think about this? Like where Sarah's just like, yeah, I don't think I want to kill anybody again. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I've always wanted to do that, but now that I've done it, it wasn't what it was all cracked up. To be. I know that was a lot of hype for, mm, I feel kind of shitty right now, but then Marcus walks in and tells Diana she should see this. And there's mm-hmm. a video of, uh, Benjamin showing pictures of Matthew. He's not doing very well. He's strapped down and being tortured. And Diana's just like, huh, what? And then, yeah, that's the end. That's the end. So what did you guys think of this episode? It was a lot. I liked it. It was a lot. I liked it. Anything to talk about before we go into the spoiler zone? I don't. I think this is all spoiler zone for me. Uh, The closing song was called Street Spirit Fade Out by Rosie Carney. Okay. In case anybody was wondering. Um, The opening song was Genesis, and I don't have the name of the artist with me. I will give it to Val so she can put it in the show notes. (laughs) Thank you, Jean. (laughs) Thank you, Jean. (laughs) Oh, and everybody, Demon Kiss. That's right. I guess we're entering the spoiler zone. So there's the alarm. You have no excuse. If you didn't want spoilers, you heard this alarm. You heard it. (laughs) It's not our fault. Anyway, for those of the rest of you who want to continue on and listen to our spoiler zone, it's going to be jam-packed with shit because I have a whole bunch of shit written down here. Stay with us till after this break, and then we'll enter the spoiler zone. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. You can contact us, send us your thoughts, email us at demonsdiscuss at gmail.com, leave us a voicemail at 360-519-7836, by the way, your carrier rates apply here, or leave one for free on SpeakPipe, speakpipe.com slant demonsdiscuss. Now, if you can't remember any of that, go to go.demonsdiscuss.com slant contact, and all that information will be there. You can also become a discusser there, fill out the form, and bam, you're a discuss- and the link to join our Facebook group is there too. Visit our main site, demonsdomain.com. And if you really feel like deep diving, go to visit.demonsdomain.com slant master post. And you can read interviews, geek out with weekly geeks about all souls universe. Read about the characters. Keep that geek flag flying, guys. Do you like what we do? Help us fund what we do. Go to patreon.com slant demons discuss. Make sure you follow us on social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all at demons discuss. If you're liking what you're hearing and you want to tell the world about it, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We love them. We read them. It's wonderful. Also, it keeps Angela alive and we need her around, okay? Keep me alive. I'll start. start. <laughs> yeah. I love that Sarah got to unalive Peter. I love yes. it. I, I agree. love it. I thought that was brilliant. Don't leave it all on Diana. So she's superhero of all superheroes. Right. Sarah needed a piece of that fucking flesh. Sarah needed to take Peter out because he took her mate. I mean, her just, sister, her brother-in-law. Yes. Yeah. And he was gunning for Diana. I mean, not to destroy her, but to use her. No, he had to go. And Sarah, I thought, was the perfect person to do it. And she taught him a little lesson at the end that, you know, sometimes kitchen witches can really fuck you up, dude. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. shut your fucking face. That was me. Oh, and then Peter and his comment about pest control. I know. Oh, he had to go. It was done. I mean, I mean it, I'm glad they didn't off chair bear, but you know, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I think there's, I think the way they rewrote that scene is a lot more powerful than how it was in the book, to be honest with you. I think yeah, so. Too. I do too. I, I feel like we, now we get the sense that this has been Sarah all along. And she's, it's like kind of finding Mm -hmm. pictures of your parents when they were young. You're like, dang, mom and dad, you look like that. I mean, you were hot, mom. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still hot. Shut up. Right. (laughs) So I like that. I felt the book and obtaining it was way too easy. Well, that's been par for the course. Yeah, it was way too easy. Check the lift. It's there. I promise. Oh, there it is. That's why I I mean, that's why I expected it to be there. I wanted it to be there. I'm like, let's just get this going. Yeah. And if I recall in the book, I mean, Father Hubbard was involved. He. Oh, he was a caper. 
the it book was a was, whole the book big was a caper. Total caper and, and it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. I yeah. love the scene in the book. Um, and Cora was involved. Cora was mm-hmm. involved. And the whole idea of letting go of yes. her fear, that mm-hmm. was huge. And I guess Diana let go of her fear in the TV show, maybe in season two, but we didn't see it. If you think about it in the TV show, you really don't get a hero's journey for Diana. No. no. So, I mean, that's when Galaglass showed up in the middle of the night just to let Diana know that Matthew had been taken. Mm-hmm. And that's when Diana's like, ah, oh, fuck this shit. And she just let go of her fear. That was the whole thing the goddess was telling her. You have mm-hmm. to give up something in order to unleash what you're meant well, and to. She had, and, and giving up her fear is really giving up her comfort zone. And that yes. was important for Cora because then she was free. Yes. yes. I mean, there was like a whole death and resurrection thing going on there that was kind of interesting in the yeah. book. And the book, you just had a sense that yeah, it was creepy. I mean, the statues were staring at you because they were the security <laughs> system. And, you know, Hubbard had a whole bunch of the people working under him, you know, mm-hmm. construction she, workers. Stanley he, Cripplegate, who was fun. <laughs> and they were all, I mean, Hubbard had made the deals and obtained the maps to facilitate. Linda was there to help magically. Yeah. And yeah. The caper scene for me was one of the highlights. It was more Ocean's Eleven-ish. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the other nice thing about it is to is you had everybody, the London coven and the vampires and everybody was working together against yes. the big, like the congregation, which was also really, really good yeah. as opposed to just the declarements stalking into the library yeah. and grabbing their book. You didn't have to use a masking spell because the Bodleian was actually closed and under construction. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> I mean, they still had those magical fucking statues mm-hmm. staring at them. <laughs> and I remember somebody putting a hat over one yeah. and it, yeah. it was just it was a whole really thing. good, yeah, yeah, yeah. For, well, for what we didn't get there, I'm glad that they did not put in Benjamin's torture scenes of weavers and having to endure oh, that. I, I wasn't looking forward to that, and I'm glad we didn't get no. any of it. There was alluded to, yes. in five, it was implied. Yeah, I was right. glad we didn't get too much of it, right? Galglass's involvement in the book versus the TV show. Galglass in the TV show, he's there. He's there. He's there. Galglass in the Book of Life was after the confession. He was there, but it was very background. It was very brief. He would just sit there, stand guard, and it was, it felt like after the confession, he just kept his distance. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then after the baby's born, he disappeared. But then he came back to let her know that, hey, yeah, Matthew yeah, he was taken. taken. Yeah. So that was, uh, uh, something um, different. different, yeah. And the other thing about the way the book handled Gallo Glass's separation, I think, was probably more authentic. Yeah, yeah. And, and it resonated and it respected his feelings more. I think. Rather than writing him back in and just saying, oh, yeah, and the anti-zone thing. It was like, yeah, I realized it was quicker and it was a way to give screen time to a very popular character. But it also didn't, to me, truly honor the depth of that feeling and the complications of his feelings. Because the one line he said to Fernando about not being at the Declaremont's beck and call. Yeah didn't necessarily ring true to me only because he had so much love for his grandmother and his grandfather and Uncle Matthew even yeah in the books and I think that throwaway line just kind of disrespected all of that because they made him sound more like just an errand boy and not a true member of the family which he was right 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 and something uh, Angela said in episode 4 kind of resonated with me mm-hmm. like in the book Gal Glass's revelation to Diana was a hard confession versus it was kind of an admission in the TV show it was just kind of like yeah well mm-hmm. I got a crush what am I going to do <laughs> yeah <laughs> right yeah so maybe it was handled differently that way where he could be around her a lot. I, I don't know. But I mean, if you read the books and then watched the TV show, you'd be like, hey, why is yeah, that was like, always it was there? Like unrequited love light. Yeah. 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 Diet unrequited love. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, God. All right. So the next thing, Satu's involvement as far as uh, Matthew's capture versus Peter. I liked it. You a liked lot. it. You liked it better. Yeah. It, okay. it gave you more of a sense that there were many forces working against them, not just Benjamin. Right. That's what I like because you know how I felt about the book and all of a sudden it's just like, oh, it's all Benjamin. Like it, it was the convenience. He's just a big bad. And right. The whole idea of and everybody's working for Benjamin. going on. Yeah. 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 It was kind of like put on the weight on the back burner. I just like 
that in the show that they actually kind of explored that whole forces working together and all these weird connections making it more complicated yeah. I like that I like it gave Satsu more to yes, do yes I, I yeah. agree with everything you that just too. said but I also feel like it was refreshing to not have the mansplainer in there yeah that's yes. true and if we remember in the books Peter was the one that was casting all the enchantments to fool whoever was with Diana mm-hmm. into thinking they were rescuing it and they were all traps mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. no Satu was doing this I just like that they're like Angela said they're giving her more to do yeah instead of just having her hold up at the palazzo with the fortune teller <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That was funny, though. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. That was super funny. I, I, I did kind of like that. And um, that was Janet, too. I miss Janet. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And uh, Domenico deciding Baldwin was better as the devil you know versus Gerbert. Also the devil he knows, but the devil that would be worse. Well, I, I need to point out that in the book, Baldwin is far more, he's more of a devil in the book than he has been on the screen lately. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Which is... I, Baldwin was kind of noodly this season a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Very. Yeah. Well, it's just like, yeah. Well, yeah. what are you going to do? <laughs> I mean, again, it's a, and it's no no disrespect to Peter McDonald. No, uh, no, 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 I don't think so. They wrote him noodly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Domenico could have said what he said, and Baldwin could have been like, "You mean to tell me?" and then like explain it for the audience or whatever, or or gave us an understanding yeah, that yeah. he knew what Domenico was talking about. Instead, it was yeah. like, "What?" Huh? Yeah. They could have made it like, yeah, I'm just playing. I'm, I'm just like laying low right now. But you, oh, shit, Gerbert's got his shit coming. Don't worry about right. that. The whole thing that bugs me is like in the books, you've got Baldwin. And yeah, to a certain extent, Philippe kept him in the dark about certain things. Yeah. In order yes. for him to have plausible deniability and for all of this to work. Right. But also in the books, you've got Baldwin had put a lot of the stuff together in his own head and kept his own counsel. But you had the sense all of that was going on that, you know, he knew where the pieces were on the board and it only took like a move or two for him to know the whole game, Mm -hmm. at least up to episode six. Yeah. You don't have that sense with Baldwin at all. Right. It's like he's blindsided. It felt like he was just blindsided with this information. Not only is he blindsided, it's like he's... He's not problem solving. No, not at all. He had to have it all spoon fed to him by Domenico. Yes. Plus the anvil on his head saying, yeah, and I don't want anything in return for it because this is really fucked up and bad. That's what bugs me. Yeah. Fuck this shit. I'm out if Gerbert's in charge, right? (laughs) I gotta go. I feel like they wrote season one Baldwin kind of like, okay, he didn't know things because they were purposely kept from him. You know, and when he almost right. lost his head, he's mm-hmm. like, oh, shit, I'll fix this after I get out of this jam. But now it's right. like, I, it's not even like, I don't know. It's like, I don't understand. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's not only are you, are you clueless, you're clueless and you don't have problem solving. Yeah. He's that one guy at work <laughs> walking around with a clipboard just to look busy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Just like, don't ask him a question because he'll like be a deer in the headlights and won't have an answer. What? Huh? <laughs> uh, let me, get, he, he doesn't even have the let me get back to you tool. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so here's another one. Diana's transformation felt less earth shattering in the TV show than it did yeah. in the book. Yeah, I agree. Be- because, you know, the way they described it, all of a sudden she had these markings and the words would disappear on and off. Her eyes would go white and you'd see words across her mm-hmm. eyeballs and like, what does this even look like? Yes. And on the TV show, it just kind of looks like eh, every once in a while a word will pop up glowing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no big deal. Nobody was freaked out. I mean, uh, um, in the books, everybody was like, uh, even Galglass said, uh, you'll find her changed. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, oh, okay. So, well, and then there was that other section in the book, like as soon as Baldwin walked in, he just walked up to her and he said, does it hurt? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, ooh, I see something's happened to you. (laughs) Yes. Are you Okay. You good? Yeah, right. I'm not going to ignore it. Like, I don't see it, but, right. you know, he, I mean, in that nice empathetic moment with him, yeah. it was one of my favorites because people are like, he's such an asshole. It's like, assholes don't act like that. Mm. And here's another thing. Will we ever get to see a Phoebe transformation? It was almost like a setup for a three episode yes. special after. I was going to yes. say, yeah. we, we don't know of any an times convert special. on the horizon, but in the books, we didn't get anything and people didn't like Phoebe because they didn't know enough about her they felt it was too abrupt and we didn't even get yeah. any setup really for times convert um and in, in right. the show it's the opposite where it feels like it is a setup for phoebe's transfer yes. transformation yeah 
I don't know if they're planning a three episode special. Sometimes like the British like to do, it's like uh, two hour episodes. There's going to be three episodes. Here you go. You know? So, I mean, it's always a possibility if somebody wants to do it. They left the door open. And uh, here's my last observation. I found Fernando to be a perfect presence throughout. Yeah. Yes. He was calm. He was reasonable, but he was able to just get his point across. He matched up the best with the book Fernando. I think, I think so. Except that he didn't pop up at in, inopportune times. Not that he did that in the book a lot, but sometimes we're like, Fernando, where did you come yeah. from? You know? right. well, some, of those, some of those whack-a-mole moments were kind of funny. Yeah, I true. I missed a couple of those funny moments. but uh, like, like when Chris showed up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. so no, I agree. He was, but, he was very good. He was a calming presence, a constant thread. He was very grounding. Yes, yes I, I agree. So too. The other thing I will say from screen to books about, I'm glad that they gave Fernando and Sarah the moments that they needed to give them. Mm-hmm. Yes. That those that did perfect. not fall by the wayside. I think that's yeah. a, that went a long way to really shoring up all my respect for Fernando and his right. depiction in the show. On the same uh, vein, I appreciate in these later episodes that they gave Sarah a lot more to do, like giving her the task of killing Peter Knox and Diana being there as a support model mm-hmm. versus I'm just going to do it all. Well, and the nice thing was, is they gave Sarah the beat to deal with the fact that killing people isn't a fun thing. Right. Yeah. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. And I don't know that they necessarily did that anywhere with Diana. I mean, she's she was kind of carefree after killing Juliet yeah. in season one. I just chalked that off to, you know, protecting herself and her family. Yeah. You know? Well, I I, th- I think it also now in retrospect just it is one more thing that kind of demonstrates that they weren't going to shortcut Diana's development as far as like not leading her through a whole hero's journey. Yeah. And, which is also why we didn't get the whole scene with Cora and letting go of her fear. Right, right. Yeah. And, and, and the epiphanies that you see in the book in the caper scene that, yeah. because that is like the huge scene in the book. And if you were reading the book, you would think it'd be the big fight at the end with Benjamin, which would kind of mm-hmm. seem very lackluster compared to the caper yes. scene. Yeah. Yeah. So mm. it, it sets up know. for the Benjamin scene, actually. It does perfectly. Yeah. So uh, I was a little disappointed in the book heist and Sarah, boy, I would not take her with me to steal anything because <laughs> she would get us busted. <laughs> but I'm really glad they involve Sarah yes. a lot more. It kind of makes up for the earlier scenes in the Book of Life where Sarah and Diana were getting to know each other's magic and they were giving each other advice and they were helping each other through for the first time in their lives. And they got close that way. Yeah. And the other thing is, too, that I thought was really important is the TV Sarah didn't come across as like a bigoted bumbler. Right. Because in, in a lot of ways, it, they kind of did make her sound like, well, yeah, she's the, she's a kitchen witch midwife. She's just mm-hmm. makes potions kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. It sells them at the corner store yeah. and, and kind of... Or the, uh, the open market. <laughs> and minimized her in that way. But in the story, the way they made her, it's like, oh yeah, she's a badass. All the bishops are badass, not just Diana. And I, I think mm. by not having Janet, that helped Sarah too. Yes, yeah. true. Okay. I mean, that's all I had. You yeah. guys have anything no, else? <laughs> I, think, I we, think we beat this one to death, right? Yes, we, we sucked all the life out of it. We did. We did. All right. So let's say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, goodbye everybody. everybody. Demon kiss. We'll see you next week. For the last episode. Oh, my God. Bye. Bye. Demons Discuss and Demons Domain are independent and not affiliated with Bad Wolf, Sky One, Sundance Now, and Shudder. Clips of the TV show and soundtrack are used for the purpose of commentary only. The soundtrack is an original score by Rob Lane and the Chamber Orchestra of London. The soundtrack is available for purchase on iTunes. 